This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, you're listening to Pressing Matters, the show where we go beyond the headlines and explore issues driving the press. I'm Philip C. Today's show is a particularly special one as we commemorate BFM's 50 years anniversary. And who other to help us celebrate this significant milestone other than Malik Ali, founder of BFM Media. Congrats, Malik, on turning 15. How does it feel like being in the throes of puberty? <laughs> I hope we're past puberty. Um, so uh, we are this sort of slightly, you know, pimply teenager. Hopefully, um, so yeah, there we are. I think, but we are, we're, we're getting to that. We're adulting. Uh, adulting, pimply teenager. Well, since we're turning fifteen in this show, we're going to pose you fifteen questions, all anchored around the BFM acronym. Are you up for that? Yes, I am, Philip. All right. Question one: BFM, business focused media. BFM fifteen years ago was an English language business focused radio station in the Klang Valley. How would you describe BFM today? It still is uh, the core. The core of BFM is still business focused media, um, but we have uh, upped the ante in terms of other programs around, for example, um, politics, current affairs, and also culture and music. So I think, um, you know, um, definitely the core is still business mm. uh, and that's our value proposition. But obviously other, other areas have come into play as well. Yeah, just building on this up the ante, which leads to question two, business, finance and more. Now the station has evolved very much so, right, from being focused on business and finance. It has taken on a whole range of social and political issues. How do you strike that balance then? Um, I think, um, interestingly, when we do business, you, we also end up, we can't stop at just that, simply because mm-hmm. business and following the money leads us to politics. And if you follow the money, it goes, we follow the politicians. So 1MDB is an, is, is the classic example yes. of that. We follow the money and the money went into politics and politicians and parties and political financing. So in that sense, I think business is a good way of, you know, sort of, um, finding out what are the uh, shenanigans that's happening, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is interesting. It, it happens in all media. I mean, who who broke break stories uh, that that cobble politicians? Is the Wall Street Journal's of the world? Is the Financial Times of the world? Mm-hmm. You know, these so business media, and, and we have that discipline of chasing those kind of stories until we say, hey, if there's something that doesn't make sense, uh, uh, the numbers don't add up. Where is the money going? Very interesting point because you do see these things becoming increasingly intertwined. You cannot just report in isolation fundamentally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because at the end of the day, what's the story behind um, behind the collapse of this company? You know, we had Cyberdynamic, for example. What's what's the story behind the um, the story behind that? And we had, you know, Securities Commission, uh, senior officers of Securities Commission, the leadership of Securities Commission resigning over Cyberdynamic. Mm. So, you know, and, you know, and so when we follow that, obviously something is not quite right. Which leads me to the next question, question three, BFM, bold factual media. The expectation of BFM is always to deliver that hard-hitting perspective, right? Over all these scandals that you talk about there, it is getting harder, though, to be able to deliver this bold factual media? Um, I'm not so sure because I think, if anything, it, I think it's easier simply because um, I think media has opened up uh, since 2018. We were seen as, before 2018, we were seen as brave. After 2018, we were 
seen as you know not the norm, right? So really, the you know um, Philip, you yourself, right? Nothing is stopping you from asking you asking the hard questions. No, nothing. Nothing, right? Yeah. So there's no edit, uh, no there's no chief editor who's worried about what people are thinking or what sorry what politicians are thinking, stopping you from saying this. You know, so long as we stay off certain things, like I think you know, certain things. In um, I'm, I was advised by uh, media practitioners, the only thing you have to stay off is religion because you can't win on religion, right? Mm. Religious religious issues. I, I wonder if you know this fearlessness that perhaps all of us here are encouraged to pursue, right? With these caveats you talk in mind, uh, was not the case in its inception, right? Which big, which leads to question four: begging frequency masterfully. It was very hard though for BFM to secure the original frequency it wanted to do right 15 years ago because there was concern about this whole uh, issue at that time that we couldn't be as bold and frank as we are now. Yeah, so I don't think people knew what BFM was about to do. Mm. Uh, I don't think even I knew what uh, BFM was about to do. Um, when we first came in, as you say, it was business-focused media and that's what we started with. And maybe the tactically, I, I, I always say this, I did something wrong. I should have kind of like just be so, just pure vanilla business focus, get more frequencies, and then allow the team to sort of do what they want with it, right? So, but, you know, what I did instead was I allowed the team to kind of like, you know, take it where they want to. And some organic development there. Organic development. And mm-hmm. I think um, I think uh, Noel Lim, for example, one of our first presenters, was very focused and said, look, I really want to do this current affairs segment. And I could either throttle her back and say, wait for the frequencies, or I just said, let, just let it go. In honesty, I said, just go ahead, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll worry about the frequencies later. Yeah. So I think that that was a tactical error on my part. I should have just kind of like, you know, gone around and just go for more frequencies first, get it, you know, get it all, get it all sewn up and then say, okay, now please go ahead yes, and yes. do what you want with it, right? But um, easier said than done because as you said just now, you know, you when you talk about business, you will talk about yeah. social issues, you will talk about political issues, right? You, they're all intertwined. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you can't divorce one from the other, yes. uh, especially in a country like Malaysia. I, I never fail to understand how politicians are so rich <laughs> actually I do understand right yes. um, the uh, politicians in Malaysia are rich right mm-hmm. many of them are especially if you have, you know things and you go to every single politician they like live in bungalows in Damansara Heights and all that and I'm like you can't do that on a politician's salary right ironic uh, you know because yeah. just Singapore we just saw recent corruption scandals yeah. but they paid very well as well yeah, so it doesn't a million, you to be a million sing. yeah and you know and it's you know their form of it's you know it's it's not um, you know they, they rent right um, they rent these places this our they, we own. Um, I remember saying. I mean, there's. I remember commenting in, in Singapore press. I think they, a lot of Singaporeans complain about the salaries of their ministers. And I actually said, actually, you know, the salary for ministers is nothing compared to the real income or the real assets of Malaysian politicians. Uh, because, you know, everything, at least in Singapore, you get a salary and, you know, your income, your tax on it, whatever it is, it's clear, it's transparent. In Malaysia, there's so many other deals that one does. And and, and I just don't know. I mean, I have to earn a living all my life and I'm, you know, every time is, I think politicians somehow just, just like they just work for a think tank for a while and become politics and then that, that's it. Bob's their uncle, you know. Bob's their so. uncle. Although there are now many billionaires vying to be politicians. <sighs> yeah. But let's turn our attention to a lighter note. Um, question five, mm. Bieber free music. Music. Mm. I mean, we are predominantly talk radio, but mm. many love the music they play. I mean, I know my, I know so many of my uncles who are like deeply in love and enamored with the soundtrack of BFM. How can you share how the team decides on the very distinctive notes and sounds of yeah. the station? I must say, I do get uh, the other feedback as well that some really absolutely hate our music. I think some 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 say to to me, Malik, your music is just no 
noise. And there's a lot of guitar <laughs> screeching and things. And sometimes Molly just need to relax. Rel- I'm like, actually, we had a big discussion about this. I'm all I I was saying, look, we, I mean, me, the marketing guy, you know, trying to say, look, look, we need to be internally consistent, right? We we we're, we're focusing on that business audience. We need that that the music that the business audience likes, right? Which lends to a quite a, a milder version, right? A mild yes. a milder version of things. But instead, our music, the musical folks within BFM said, no, we want to take it in a in a bit more edgy direction, right? A bit more rock direction. I'm like, okay, so. I was uncomfortable with the the I guess the internal internal inconsistency, but I've come to live with it and I've come to accept it. Are you worried that that's the current business community, but the future business community might be quite pop centric though? Um, so I'm so I'm not sure it's pop centric. <laughs> yeah, so you know, the, I'm not sure what or the future. Are they still AG as a whole? I'm not it? sure. Uh, the, so I, I find there's there's actually quite distinct uh, groups here. You know, if you were I, I, all I can say is if you were a party animal in in the seventies. You know, and you know, um, you you you, uh, you would love BFM music, right? But if you were a studious person, you know, a bit, you know, sort of go home, you know, don't go don't, don't go out so much, and you study, and you, you know, you you, you kind of like work study hard, and don't go out to parties, then you kind of like find BFM music a little bit like. Uh, Oxymoron, isn't it? Because those who basically go and party are those who are business leaders here. Then, uh, no, no, I think we have a mix. We have a mix, right? So, so those, so yeah, the, I, I, I'll be the first to admit uh, there, there's many BFM, BFM business yeah. listeners who do not like our music. Mm. Question six, building first world mindsets. I mean, how do you balance this altruistic goal versus the economics of running a sustainable business? At times, does the vision compromise short-term revenue? We we could have been, and you know, I think the first time I had BFM, there was an offer for, there's an offer from a, a media organization, two offers from media organizations, other media organizations who said, Malik, don't do business. Let's do a, a Chinese entertainment station. Let's do this, let's do that. And I'm like, yeah. So yes, I mean, the revenues, they did in their third year, they probably did revenues, which we still kind of like uh, did after 10 years, right? So the tra- trajectory has not been easy, but I think this is where, um, you know, this is where, I, BFM is not just a pure financial project, right? In fact, it's it's first a social project uh, or a purpose project, and then that should sustain itself. I think that's the mindset of the investors in yeah. BFM. Uh, this is this is a purpose driven organization, and what's the purpose? The purpose is to build build future Malaysians, build first world Malaysians. So, but and then if then let's but let's make you know not let's make it sustainable, mean financially, right? Mm-hmm. Let's make make sure it can pay for itself and pay pay employees and pay pay shareholders for their investment as well. Yeah, so you're quite clear with the end state with this goal per se, but the trajectory is not need, not linear for sure. Yeah. That you are asked many times as part of question seven, break from monotony, the need to sometimes pivot the business rapidly, right? At what stage of this past 15 years was the biggest business pivot you had to make? Actually, the core still remains the same. Uh, the main pivot, and I still, we still, I wouldn't say uh, pivot, there's one side of the organisation that has gone on to uh, so address uh, digital social social media. Our inst- our our voice on social media is very different from our voice on on radio. We attract much younger audiences. We attract a lot of Malay audiences. Our language that we use is almost like Matrumpet Malay in some of them, yeah. and we use memes and on so on. So I think there is one side on BFM that that has um, you know charted new territory, but I wouldn't say that BFM as a whole has pivoted across. Right. So I, for example, um, you know uh, all of you in Morning Run for 
example. You know, you uh, some of you are very very social media shy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so definitely, yeah. The, but the future presenters um, of BFM will not be social media shy. I think, you know. But we have to. I have to kind of like figure out, and I can't f- bring the horse to water, right? <laughs> but I have to kind of like you know, kind of like over time, um, some some of those new newer. Uh, folks that come in and join the morning run team will will develop that kind will have will be be one will want to do it anyway. Right? I think that's so fascinating because I always think, and this is the tension I had when I first joined BFM as well, right? The personality of the station and the personality of you as a person, right? Which is question eight: uh, building famous mortals. And how important is it to build the personas of the presenters, right? As opposed to ensuring that you you actually don't compromise the persona of BFM as a brand. Yeah, yeah, and there's risk to building personas by themselves. I mean, the ideal situation is... Actually, the BFM persona depends on its presenters. So uh, what's the persona of the Morning Run team? It's the combination of you, Shaoning, Mark, uh, Shazana, right? That's the persona of the Morning Run team. And to a certain extent, we kind of like, you know, sort of have the umbrella of Morning Run and BFM uh, on that. But social media is a little bit different. It's quite hard to kind of like, you know, sort of... Philip, what's your persona on social media that will relate to BFM. There will be a, uh, there could be, you know, if you uh, if you like it, is there could be a Philip C persona. But to kind of like bring that Philip C persona under the umbrella of BFM is a lot harder, mm-hmm. right? And and uh, but I've seen some. I've seen some attempts, basically Philip C slash B, uh, B, Philip C at BFM or Philip C uh, X BFM. Which what Bloomberg does. Yes, that's right. So mm-hmm. you're giving the uh, the individual presenters. It's almost like your byline, right? This yeah. is your byline, and so you you have this. And so I think that's maybe that's something that I would like to start with at least um, to go towards that and not just kind of like say okay Philip C you're on your own and we just, we're just in the background or it's BFM by Philip C you know mm-hmm. it's, uh, so I think that's a bit of that thing but you do need you do need people who want that right and I'm not sure whether Philip C wants that and kind of like you know wants to sort of put himself out there in social media which is and that's fair I'm not here to kind of like say if you, if you join BFM you must do social media <laughs> da, da 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 kind of thing right I, I don't think I can get the best um we can get the best people that way. Yeah. How do you bring the horse to the water? Yeah. Okay, we're heading into some messages and when we come back, we continue our discussion with Mali Ali as BFM celebrates its 15 years of being on air. Stay tuned to BFM 89.9. Thanks for staying tuned to Pressing Matters on the Morning Run. Today on the show is Mali Ali and I'm posing to him 15 questions about BFM's 15 years in existence. So let's continue the questions to question 9. Beyond frivolous matters. Now, as you said, BFM is now a certified teenager, but one feels that perhaps the spirit of the initial inception perhaps is very different from today. What are the pros and cons of growing up? Um, I think the the world has changed, um, uh, and predictably, um, we could I, I could see that even yeah, before starting BFM, that um, that basically the, the the media the the media landscape has changed so much that you know, sort of the Google and Facebooks and Instagrams of the world are taking the majority share uh, of advertising revenue. Um, so the question then is that how is there is you know so um, how do we address that? So there is a in my mind there is a kind of like um, there could be a finite timeline to radio. There could be a finite timeline to... Uh, I, I knew definitely there was a finite timeline to newspapers. It was the, the first to get hit. There could yeah. be a finite timeline to TV. But I think as long as we don't have... Auton- I mean, so long as there's no autonomous driving vehicles on, on, on the streets, and I say autonomous ones, right? Um, um, I think that's when... I think radio will still be relevant because you, are, you have your two hands on the wheel and you need... 
and you need something to company, you can't watch something. I mean, I know some 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 Grab drivers I know are putting on putting on YouTube music videos and yes, things like that, podcast. right? Yeah, but but generally they're not looking at it. They need something to yeah the to background listen, music, background music, and likewise, you know, if people mm. want to keep in touch with Kale, the easiest way to keep in touch with what's happening in Malaysia is just to when you're in a car, is just to switch on the radio, right? It's interesting because you know when I drive, I have that kinship with the radio. I feel mm. connected. I don't feel lonely, and I think perhaps it's one of the key subtle ingredients to why radio is such a success, which I think then, of course, leads to the question you were posing already, the inevitable demise, perhaps, right, of radio. And whether question 10, beyond fake mainstream media, how important social media strategy is for BFM. I mean, I saw your state election coverage. It was gold, right, what was coming through on the Mm. digital platforms with Barbie and, you know, getting Mm. Professor Chin what to do, all sorts of funny stuff. I mean, going forward, right, how do you see BFM's digital strategy evolve? Yeah, so um, the... I think we we need to get as um, um, to you know as you know even even in politics and so on social media strategies are becoming core in mm-hmm. spreading the messages across and I think that's the same way with BFM we we you know to to gain new audiences we need uh, we you know, we need to be on all the social media platforms so social media platforms are relevant to us um, now do can we make money of those those things uh, uh, it's harder right? it's harder to make money on social media platforms you kind of you have, your viewership must be so high. Yeah. That to be able to uh, there's there's no quantity there's no qualitative element to it it's just numbers it's not like oh this is this is good excellent content versus this is your yeah, this is your cat video right there's no qual- there's no qualitative thing the cat video that gets one million views versus that investigative journalism that breaks one MDB news and mm-hmm. has one million views are treated the same right yeah. so in that sense I think um, we um, the the good news is is that whilst we try to figure the monetization monetization of that we still have a core business that still you know sort of uh, that still is has audiences and has audiences which is uh, are influential uh, and 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 still spend and are spending not just on behalf of themselves. We're not talking about consumers here, but spending on behalf of their companies. You know, we have CEOs who buy. We have people who listen to us, to us who buy aircraft, right? And so, so that's the that's the difference with BFM. That's where we can monetize and qual and and actually differentiate differentiate ourselves qualitatively. I think we need to do that. That's yeah. you can't just say oh BFM. Has has an audience of 300,000 and it's, you know, oh, the, the, it's less than so-and-so, which is entertainment station. We have audiences of 300,000 who have a big impact you know, on the economy. They, yeah. they, they buy, they don't just buy on behalf of themselves, they, behalf, they, they buy on behalf of their employees, their companies. They uh, influence, you know, right, yeah. in a very different way. Yeah. And they influence with their, with their corporate wallets. Within their right? corporate wallets. I think yeah. that's really important. And that's why sometimes when we have conversations with you, the debate always is when you look at the core business, the portfolio of the program structure, at what point do you say, oh, this is when this specific program has to be canned or this has to change pathway, right? When do we bury failed material? I think when when producers themselves, uh, producers and presenters are bored with a particular thing, then if they're bored with it, their listeners will be bored with it, right? So I, I think see. that's the first that's the first thing. Enthusiasm of your core team. Yeah, that's right. And um but I, I but I do sense that there is but there's also um the other thing. I think um when you're doing something every day, you tend to get it bored of it more quickly than perhaps your listeners do. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part that's the part where I sometimes have to say, actually, there's longevity in this. So, you know, um so maybe you want to swap out with someone else, right? Uh, there are some programs which I'm trying to relive and re- bring bring back in because actually people think 
that I mean the presenters think that it's like oh my gosh I can't do this again yeah. the kind of thing but actually to the outside world to listeners it's like hey Malik what happened to that program it was really really good you know um, mm. so that's the kind of thing that we just have to make sure that we are not just listening to ourselves but we're also listening to uh, to to listeners about what, what they like what they don't like yeah. and I, I have to test you know your yep. style is very much engaging in listenership you know listening intently to what the sense is right which then of course really means that your leadership style is definitely not BFM brute force method you 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 tend to take a more consensual approach towards rallying people here isn't it that is your leadership style yeah um, you know I you know it's not I think everyone you know I, I've always been this I mean I remember being in a in an MBA class right and the thing that struck me was uh, the professor turning around and saying you know in this room you know we have about three centuries worth of work experience mm. maybe at a junior level all the junior level but you have within this room you have the experiences of you know 50 companies you know, six, working in 60 companies right and all the different cultures that come come from that so how can one person you know sort of you know um, dominate dominate that right you can't make the yeah, call yeah don't, don't make the call on that so basically you, well, the the role of I, I think at least in a media organization is to tap into uh, tap into the various experiences of people. Philip, I mean, you you know you you have a, very much a, you know sort of um, you know, the, the aeronautical industry. You've been in there. Uh, you've been in consulting. Shaun has been a fund management industry. Um, you know, so uh, and Shazana has been from you know um, uh, uh, from the foreign ministry, government yes. ministry. So all these experiences really really add up and. Malik Ali's experience is what? Only entrepreneurship, lah. You know, and then, and, and all that kind <laughs> oh, of thing. Oh, don't underplay so, yourself. Yeah, but yeah, but I think, you know, the, but the combination is fantastic, yeah. right? I mean, um, so the, the uh, you know, there, there are times when a top-down leadership style in times of crisis and all that, it, 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 it works. Um, but, and when it time in times of you know trying to explore new things, trying trying to you know sort of um, bring in new ideas, especially in a media organization, mm. the experiences of the people is uh, are valuable. Top down doesn't work, and I think that gives a lot of texture, especially when you have a conversation about even a, a linear or single layer issue. Yeah. we all take very different approaches and perspectives on it. Yeah. fundamentally, right? Yeah, let me give a very topical example. Top down in 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 X Twitter, right? Mm. Yeah. top down top down leadership on that one, right? In working. Right mm. when you're sending a when you're sending a rocket to the moon, uh, maybe yes, I think you need that. Right, you need people to make decisions and make make the things. But mm. when you're trying to manage a whole bunch of content uh, moderators and things and and people feeding in, very very tough. I think Reddit is uh, also suffering from that from that problem yeah. right now. No, I think it, it, situation dependent. I yeah. think, but in most cases, I think you can work towards making sure you listen to everybody and get their perspective. Yeah. You know, I got to say, my favorite cast sticker is the BFM Bribe Free Malaysia. I fully subscribe to it, and I and I envision for Malaysia to be truly bribe free. And I actually think we are quite close to that, don't you think? So, I mean, the past three years we've seen huge changes in the political landscape. Are you hopeful of that? Um, I think there's 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 uh, institutionally this. Sorry, from a politician perspective, individuals perspective, um, that that uh, it is. The, the, that ugly head is still around mm. um, and we need to plug at it right so we shouldn't let go we should no. keep on scrutinizing yeah. yeah and if anything I you know I think you know it's let's be I mean you know I'm sometimes I'm wondering like for example like public housing and social housing why is the um, why is the land cost so expensive and things like that and why is um, you know whenever this issues of land comes up uh, by the time you know there's intermediaries and so on I, I, talk, I hear talk to developers there's a lot of intermediaries around selling land and they're usually connected to politicians right mm. 
So these sort of things, they're still entrenched. It's really still entrenched. So, and this is the livelihood of a lot of politicians, right? This is their livelihood. Without this, they will, they will, they do not have any other sources of income. And so we just have to figure this out. Like, okay, is there what is their exit clause, right? What is their retirement right retirement plan? I think a lot of it has to do with like you know, sort of a lot of it has to do with let's let's be transparent about kind of like um, like you know salaries of ministers or salaries of even uh, apparitchiks, right? Uh, what what are salaries of that that political secretary or that kind of things? And and then kind of like make it transparent so that you know we they don't make money off you know sort of flipping land that mm. is assigned by a state government or things like that, right? So I think institution. That's why you know you will see that if you try to digitize a land registry try try do it <laughs> try do that right and okay. and you will you'll find a huge amount of resistance right try digit try do customs try do um, you know, customs even immigration all these guys you just gotta you know, there's a lot of embedded uh, shenanigans that's happening so we can't we can't let our guard down for yep. sure question 14 bosses fondest memory What's your fondest memory running BFM in the past fifteen years? So, two really, and both interestingly, they're not they're not business related. They're more like more politics related, right? I think so. For the first one, but it was the repeal of the ISA. Mm. That was a fantastic day, and I think when the news came out, I think uh, late afternoon, I think we had a special sh- special. We all of us came in to just you know kind of like gave our comments on it and things like that, which is fantastic. The other one was the 2018, uh, mm. 2018 elections. Watershed election. Yes, that's right, watershed elections. And not so much that I think we really needed a change and there was like, and 1MDB was such a huge issue. Um, the Edge, for example, uh, I think they were invested in us at the time and they were, they, they, you know, they were banned for, for a couple of months because of it. And I think the the relief, I guess, was that look, at, wow, this is we managed to change this so that you know we, as in like you know the uh, Malaysia, um, managed to flip and say now it's like you know what what do you call it the um, I think there's a special word for it. It's um, where it's a watershed moment, and yeah. then once the genie's out of the bottle, now we know things can flip both ways and so on, right? I think so, right? I mean, look, we, it's not competitive, right? It's all up for grabs now, don't yeah. you think so? Yeah, it, our elections are becoming increasingly competitive. Yeah, we cannot take the winner for granted. Yeah, and the mindset has changed. Before the mindset was like, there's no way that this will happen, and people just continue to vote the way they voted. But yes. for the first time, they say, hey, actually, now we can choose. For for better or for worse, we can choose, and now we're seeing we're seeing the the kind of like the various the fruits of it. To yeah, be yeah, that's right. That's and, why and turnout for elections are pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. And then you know, and yes, you know, it's, uh, you, yeah, you might not like uh, the so-called green wave, but hey, you know, it, that's real. That's happening. That's how people feel. So yeah, what are you going to do about it? Right? Yes. What are we going to do about it? Is it, you know? And I think a lot of it. I think there's a lot more commonality um, than than we think because I think we're now we're not used to this sort of like. Um, Working with you know people who might have slightly uh, might have very different values, but is there common ground? I think that's the that's the that's the trick. I mean, I mean a simple example. I might you know um, you look you look at your the the council management corporation that manages your your estate, right? Your your apartments and things like that. You know people have to figure out how to work together. Otherwise, the whole place goes goes to pot, right? And so I think the same way. I think we have to figure out ways of working with people who are you know sort of in principle might you know you might think you know you might might be opposed to you but you know pragmatism hey you might this might just this might just work we just need to reach out and understand each other last question question 15 brewing forward motion 
What's next? And what are the biggest priorities for BFM in the next five years? So I would like to see um, BFM um, go into um, digital, uh, not just social media, but our own media, our own digital media um, in a big way. I think radio um, is going to become, uh, that is specifically for the car, but there's an opportunity for it to um, go beyond the car, right? So I think the, the election programming that we have um, is one of those. I'll give you an example. In the Philippines, one of the most, uh, one of the most popular TV stations was actually uh, a channel that just uh, just was a uh, was a live video of a radio studio. You know? mm. yeah, so that was the most popular morning station, the morning TV station, because and then you can present this coming in with no makeup and things like that, looking very bedraggled. But they, they're the most popular because it's real. <laughs> Don't worry, Shining will come in with makeup, so <laughs> we wouldn't need to worry about that. Yeah. So, but the other side as well is that whilst we still have radio, what we'd love to see, and I've been asking for this, is like, allow us to expand beyond not just English, right? Allow us to uh, expand, um, allow us to go into the Malay segment. Right? And, and have a, 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 a Malay radio station mm. that kind of like tries not to have an us and them approach, but kind of like, you know, where, you know, let's have a way of where we can understand uh, what are the um, what are the issues facing the Malay community, right? And then have have people debate it and talk about it so that in a way that is constructive and not just, you know, sort of identity-based, you know, criticism. No, we yeah. don't want that, right? So I think there's, and, and I guess contributing to, to, to the maturity of of Malaysians, right? I mean, com- political maturity, um, and even then, you know, it's it's sad because I think you know to a certain extent, I, the failure that I have of BFM is that we're only limited to Klang Valley, and you're preaching to the converted, and these are guys, um, Klang Valley folks, are the most savvy anyway from a commercial point of view, right? Sixty percent of the economy, but we haven't reached you know, that that person in Kluang or that person in you know um, Kada Kada, right? So to talk about this, you never know the future. Um, you know, the future Tony Fernandez might be there, right? Uh, suddenly dreaming about something. And I think that's the, I find is that I haven't done enough personally to be able to convince anyone about saying, hey, allow BFM to spread economic literacy, social literacy, political literacy to a wider audience. And not only BFM in its English form, but BFM in its, in multiple, its multiple language form, right? So I think that's the, that's the challenge. I've been trying to do that for the last honestly, for the last 15 years. Uh, and that's where I've, I've hit a brick wall all the time. More work to do, but Malik, firstly, congratulations again. Thank you. And congratulations years. to you guys. Thank you. And, and thanks to all your efforts, um, you know, and, uh, all of you know, BFM's efforts. Um, it's not me. As I said, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not me, it's us. That was Malik Ali, founder of BFM Media. This has been Pressing Matters on the Morning Run. Coming up next is the 10 a.m. News Bulletin, followed by Enterprise, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.